Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SoupX is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Dylan Erb, co-founder at Paperspace. Dylan, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I've been, I got lucky enough to get added to the beta and I've been playing with your product for, for a few months now. And I'm excited to have you on the show. But before we maybe get into exactly what Paperspace is, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with kind of where you grew up. Yeah, great. Uh, so I uh, actually grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, down in North Carolina, so I moved to Charlotte uh, for uh, undergrad. So I went to um, University of North Carolina for undergrad, and then actually made my way uh, back up to Michigan for grad school uh, at University of Michigan, uh, where I studied architecture. So between uh, North Carolina and Detroit are kind of my, my two homes. Okay, no, that's that's really cool. So what did you kind of take in university then? Yeah, so. Uh, I've actually always been, my, my, my primary passion has always been uh, programming. So that's, uh, although I didn't do that as a formal education for undergrad, I actually studied philosophy. Okay. Uh, and then I uh, took a little time off um, and then I decided I, I really wanted to um, apply this, uh, you know, kind of my take programming more seriously. And, and at the time I started getting really interested in, um, you know, kind of, Areas where programmers were working that weren't maybe directly computer science. Uh, and actually, I ended up getting exposed to um, a couple of people that were doing some really interesting work in the building architecture world. Uh, so uh, I, I kind of jumped all over the map, that, that, but the uh, kind of the, the central thread has been programming. Um, so I took some time off. I, I worked doing some kind of freelance web design. Um, I did a, an iOS app uh, at some point, and... Uh, and then I actually applied uh, kind of on a whim initially to um, architecture school. Uh, and I decided that I, you know, I could apply my expertise in programming to some, you know, kind of new problems that were coming out uh, in, generally in the areas that are, that are called uh, kind of digital geometry, um, digital fabrication. Uh, and these, what these are, are you know, basically building architects uh, have traditionally been a very analog profession. And recently, um, I mean, the last you know, 10, 20 years, um, they've been adopting computers for kind of computer-aided design and that sort of thing. And in particular, um, there's, there's, a, uh, there's really been a, a renaissance for um, you know, doing things like uh, applying scripting languages to generate really interesting geometries on one end for sort of the kind of design side. And then on the other end, uh, you know, programmers and, and engineers have, uh, there's been a lot of work with building simulation work. So what that means is you're you know, you're simulating a building and, and seeing how it performs under stress or, you know, maybe an earthquake or uh, maybe structural properties. And a lot of these uh, tools are still just getting, you know, really um, creative. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So at, at what point did you kind of decide to found uh, Paperspace? 
Yeah, so uh, so I actually started the company with um, one of my uh, a friend who was in graduate school at the University of Michigan with me. He was also doing architecture, okay. um, and uh, his name's Daniel Cobran. And uh, he and I became we we bonded very much over uh, a lot of these really hard technological problems that were facing the discipline of architecture. Um, he was working in an area called uh, BIM or building information modeling, which is um, very generally, the idea that you can have a single digital model that holds an entire building that you know the plumbers work on, the uh, fabricators, the contractors, and everyone has a single digital model. Um, so he was working on uh, on a lot of building information modeling, and at that time, I was actually working for a researcher in the um, architecture engineering space uh, that was doing a structural simulation problem. So, so anyway, you know, our background is uh, was in building architecture, but really we were doing a lot of technology problems and. Um, at the time, we started talking a lot about, uh, we, we both had computer problems, weirdly enough. I mean, everyone has their own form of computer problems. Sure. But, but ours were that, uh, you know, ours were that we, uh, we, we didn't have access to enough computing power. Um, and so I, I had just purchased a, a new computer. It was, I think it was like $5,500, uh, which was quite expensive. It was very hard to get the funding for it. And you know, that was to run some of the software I was building. Sure. Uh, and he was having the same issue at a firm that he was doing some technical advising for. So, you know, very long story short, we started looking into like, hey, how do you fire up lots of computers on demand? And, um, you know, what we were introduced to was uh, Amazon Web Services, which sure. is a, uh, you know, it's it kind of taken taken over in a lot of this space um, for really inexpensive, uh, well, you know, for, for computing power, relatively on-demand computing power. Uh, so we started by, you know, looking into like, hey, we can maybe fire up computers in the cloud somehow, and what does that mean? And and what we realized is that, you know, the technology was, was getting there. And there's, you know, really amazing things happening in the cloud computing space, but largely that's been, you know, inaccessible to everyone who doesn't have a, you know, a, a really strong technical background. So initially, Paperspace started off as, um, let's wrap this really amazing technology uh, and make it really easy so that anyone can fire up a cloud computer. Um, and in particular, you know, not just a command line computer, which you know, developers use and scientists use, uh, but actually a desktop computer. So we wanted to run a full desktop computer in, in the cloud. And we thought if we could do that and make it infinitely scalable and super easy to use, then we would open up a whole new class of computers for you know people to use for, for all sorts of things. Um, everything from designers like the architects that we worked with to engineers to um, even today we work with uh, everyone from um, you know genomics researchers to financial services. Sure. So that was kind of the beginning of, of uh, Paperspace. Okay, so the one thing I'm curious about, did you guys or did you know your co-founder before school or you guys met in school? Uh, yeah, we actually met in school. Okay. And we, had, we had worked on a, a couple of projects together, um, actually dealing with uh, robotic fabrication, oddly enough. And, uh, and so we, you know, we uh, ended up just talking a lot about how, you know, what, what the problems were facing uh, architects and, and sort of their access to computer technology and, and really the fact that we had to all buy very expensive computers and how they you know, went out of date every few years. And um, we thought, surely this problem is solved. Why are we still buying clunky desktop computers that have speedometers on them? And, you know, they're kind of funny artifacts that we have underneath our desk. Sure. And uh, so we were like, yeah, let's, let's see, you know, how do, how do we, how do we replace these things? What would that look like? And, you know, what is the experience like of uh, running a, a computer in the cloud? And a lot of these things, you know, I, 
I, I, it's not, we're not doing, you know, design work right now necessarily, but I think a lot of the, the problems we were working with in architecture uh, and sort of, we were really good users of this technology um, that really prepared us for kind of taking this problem on from a different perspective. So, you know, I, we're very technical. I'm a programmer. Uh, Dan, Dan's not a programmer, but he um, is a very technical person. But I think the fact that we approached this as someone, you know, as people who had, had a problem that needed to be solved and we, and we thought, well, what's the, you know, what's the generalized case here? Like what, what are problems other people have with computers? And when we started looking, you know, digging deeper, we were like, wow, this is actually, you know, it's kind of incredible what the, you know, computers are sold to everyone for every use case. And, and in particular, we're talking about desktop computers here. Um, and yet they're, it's a very archaic technology. Um, totally. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's odd that you have to buy a new big box that, you know, heats up your room and takes up a lot of space. It has to be replaced every few years. And, you know, if you, if you run out of space on it, you have to go out and buy a new hard drive and, and things like that. We thought that um, there was a, a huge opportunity to design a new experience around what, what that type of computing would look like. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I think what you guys are doing is, is, is really cool. And, you know, like I said, I've been playing with it for a while now. So, but for the listener... Okay, like you, you've solved this problem, but what exactly is kind of paper space and like what, you know, I like I obviously I know what it is, but how do you describe it to people? Like I know you're basically giving them a computer in the cloud, but what exactly is paper space? Yeah, so, uh, you know, at, at the very base level, paper space is a uh, desktop computer that, that lives in the cloud, but you can actually access it through any web browser. So what that means is you go to our website, paperspace.com, you create an account, and uh, within just a few minutes, you can uh, fire up a, a new machine. Uh, and these machines are, right now, we do uh, we only do Windows machines, although Linux is coming soon. Okay. Um, we, so we do Windows machines, you, you, you click Create, and then uh, a few minutes later, a full-screen uh, Windows desktop computer you know, kind of takes over your screen on your computer. Uh, so a lot of the work that we've done is in and actually what's called, you know, web, you know video streaming technology, um, kind of latency problems to make sure that that computer that really is living in a data center um, feels really native to you. And, you know, so that it feels like it's a computer right in front of you. That, that's one side of it. Uh, and then the other side is then the experience around it. So a, a really cool thing about a virtual computer, which is what paper space is, um, is that you can, you can kind of change the specs on the fly. So you can add more hard drive, you can change the processors, you can add a, a, a you know, bigger, faster GPU, and all of that can happen um, relatively seamlessly compared to the, the kind of physical counterpart that we are replacing. Sure. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and you guys also have a Mac, Mac app as well. Um, and you have a Windows yes, app, correct? correct? Yep, correct. Yeah. So we so most of what we do, I mean, our, our vision for this is that everything will happen in the web at some point, and the web is sort of the, the underlying piece, and, and that's actually one of the big differentiators when we started this was there, there are other companies, and, and usually they're, uh, they're kind of primarily focused on the enterprise space yeah. that do desktop virtualization or uh, the kind of technical term for it is VDI or virtual desktop infrastructure. Um, but those are, those are really built, these companies were, were built uh, you know, in the era that was kind of pre-web and, and before the, um, you could assume that all devices would be connected and you would have good internet and, uh, you know, it would be reliable and that sort of thing. So we built everything from the web. And, and what that means is the, the, the client application is actually an HTML5 JavaScript um, application that lives in the web browser. So, uh, you know, 
ignoring the technical part, it just means that you can go up to any computer and log in, and then there's your you know, desktop in the cloud. Um, and, and also, you know, we are building for that the idea is to work on any device, which is, you know, we haven't solved it 100% on every device, but the more that the web evolves and the more that the technology kind of uh, evolves with it, then the, the paper space will be a fully web-native uh, virtual desktop. Sure, and, um, I, and I think it's worth mentioning, like, I've used Paperspace on my Chromebook as well, and it works actually really well. Yeah, so that's, you know, the, the kind of future that we see, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of possible futures for um, computing because it is such a big class of, uh, of uh, products, but, you know, generally our, our uh, view here is that any device can be a portal into your um, desktop in the cloud. So, sure. You know, there are many people who can use just an iPhone as their primary computer or an iPad, um, and that's totally fine. Uh, our, our, you know, primary consumer is someone who needs a little bit more power. So if you go into the architecture industry or the engineering industry, um, you're, you won't see Chromebooks that are just using vanilla Chromebook just yet because they, you know, you really need a full desktop operating. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so what we see, you know, paper space right now is, is, Kind of bridging those two worlds, which is you need a lot of power because you're running, say, um, you know, uh, a, a, an application that requires a lot of just computing power. Maybe that's Excel and you're doing a lot of work with it, or Tableau is one that we work with a lot. Um, 3D modeling is another big one. Yeah. Uh, but you want to be able to access it from anywhere. So Chromebook is, is we actually recommend a lot of Chromebooks and we use them here because they're, um, in a weird way, it's like the the, the computer itself, the the, the hardware becomes sort of dispensable and you're, the real thing lives in the cloud and it's, it's always backed up it's redundant and you know you never have to buy another one that's, that's the cool thing about it yeah no that's fair and I, I think the thing is too that at least my big pain point that you guys have kind of solved for me is I have to do some video editing sometime or sometimes my photoshop files get really big and like I, I have a macbook pro you know and kind of the top of the line one and I'm always running out of storage space or computing power. And you figure for, for spending, you know, $3,000 or more on a computer, you'd be able to do some pretty, I, I consider it like pretty basic video editing. Like I only using a couple gig files and, um, you know, some of the Photoshop files are just hundreds of megs. And sometimes the Mac just chokes, right? And it, Yeah, and and, totally, yeah, I think. Exactly. That's that's a big use. I mean, I'm, we're in the same position. We have, we end up uh, doing a lot of Photoshop files that um, you know don't work on the on the laptops that have been designed to be. Well, the MacBook Pro is, is a high level one, but we use a lot of uh, you know sort of the, the MacBook Air or the, the really thin Lenovo's that are built for lots of battery, um, you know, for being super light and and they're really not built to be you know workstation computers, which a lot of people still need for at least a little bit of time for you know what their use case is. Sure. So I'm curious then to know kind of other use cases for Paperspace. We kind of talked about work, but you guys are also supporting, well, it's basically like full Windows in the cloud. So you guys are supporting, you know, obviously anything you can basically do on Windows, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because like, uh, it, just like a, a, a desktop computer, there are really a million use cases. And sure. every day there's someone asking us to, you know, about their, uh, they're they're running some application I never would have thought of. Um, yeah, you know, ga gaming is a big one. Also, um, mm -hmm. we're we're doing a lot of work right now in the gaming space, and actually, um, you know, we're that's an area where we're getting more interest. Um, and if you can run a full desktop computer, obviously, people were you know, will try to run Steam and that sort of thing. 
Yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool when you run a when you run a you know The Witcher three on a Chromebook because that's just not something that um, which is a you know a, a popular uh, very intensive video game um, that normally would not run even on a, on a fancy computer that you have um, just running on a Chromebook. So that's it's a, it's a nice tech demo that we give and also I you know, it is. We're, we're, we're pretty agnostic as, into, as to what application you're running. Um, you know, we're, we're, we think of ourselves as a computer company that, that sells a computer that just happens to live in the cloud instead of under your desk. Right. So you mentioned you guys are going to be adding Linux soon. Do you kind of have a rough release date for that? Or like by the end of the year? You, you, or you yeah, don't know yet? Yeah, so um, definitely by the end of the year, uh, you know, we were, we're – we have a version that we've been testing with a lot of people. Um, okay. you know, our core competency has been uh, has really been Windows because that's where a lot of the really high-end applications are, are they still live sure. um, are in the Windows space. Um, the cool thing about virtual virtualization is that we can run almost any operating system. It's more of which ones you know if we're going to do it, we want to make sure that it's that we do it right and that it feels really good and it actually um, you know it has the polish to it that we would be happy to release it. So. I don't have a you know an immediate release date for it, but um, it's definitely the next big thing that we've been working on, and we're uh, you know we, we are super excited on what that's going to look like as well. Sure, and then I guess you probably get asked this all the time, but will you ever be able to do uh, Mac OS? Uh, Mac is super interesting. Um, you know the the kind of honest answer is we haven't had you know the demand. So Macs are. Um, obviously a big part of the computing market, but it's, it, that part of it actually hasn't overlapped a lot with what we do. We thought it would be a much bigger part, um, okay. but really most of the companies that we work with and individuals are looking for, um, for Windows. Okay. So, you know, it's one of those things that if, if the demand were there, it's definitely something we would uh, you know, put more resources into. There are some, you know, technically it's not a very hard thing to do. Um, it's, it's, there are some weird licensing things that make it a little bit difficult um, with how you with how you do it, but but certainly not insurmountable. So um, we'll see. I mean, sure. right now it's the Windows product is the is the primary one that works great. We will do um, Linux next, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. I, I don't have a, any official answer, but um, certainly uh, a possibility. Sure. I I guess it's like I guess like why curiosity really lies in. I don't even know if Apple would even let you do that, right? Because it's not running on their hardware. Like I I don't know, right? Yeah, it's a it's a very. I mean, there are actually uh, hosting companies that do Mac in the cloud. Um, they they it, a lot of the image processing applications actually need Mac OS. Um, oh, okay. I don't know if it would be a a, a desktop. Um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting problem, and, but I, but I do think that kind of the general problem that we're solving, which is like, how do you just access this thing, and, and what is that experience like? I mean, you know, our, our our vision for accessing a computer in the cloud is that when you walk up to a, 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 a a terminal that it just sort of materializes your desktop, and then when you walk away, it, it fades out. I mean, that's yeah, the level that's of sort of elegance that we want to exist. And right now, that happens to be a Windows product um, that we sell to, you know, primarily Windows shops that do, you know, everything from genomics. Like I said, we have a really interesting um, uh, customer who's doing a lot of like simulation work in the, in the uh, genomics space to uh, financial services where they do modeling, they do sure. Um, Lots of things I probably don't even know what, what it is that they're using the machines for. Um, so it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, we, we try to be as generic as possible because, um, it, you know, that's how we see the company. It's like, hey, we're doing a, a computer. Um, it just so happens to be one that, like I said, it's, it's uh, virtual and lives in the cloud. 
yeah, and you're right. Mo- most software that you knew, you need lots of hard drive space for and lots of like RAM and computing power, you know, is kind of the Adobe suite and like video editing, 3D stuff, kind of stuff that's really processor intensive. And it's always been better on Windows and gaming, right? It's always been better on Windows. So it just makes sense, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, just kind of two different histories. I mean, a lot of the applications that we work with, um, you know, one's called, for example, SolidWorks. Uh, you know, is a is an application like many others that have been developed for Windows for a very long time. And sure. these applications, I mean, people ask like, when's the web version going to come out? Um, I, I I do think that the you know the the long term future of the web is really interesting for high end applications. But the reality is right now, uh, no one has solved for you know kind of the Chrome OS version of these things because yeah. it's a very hard problem. And and we're we're very new. We're very early on to the kind of web OS world. So paper space, the way we see it now is like a it's a it's a it's a bridge between it allows you to do the things that you would normally do in you know, the powerful workstation computer, but also do it on a Chromebook. And and you know what is that basically bring fast forwarding the, the virtual desktop industry to a up to speed with the kind of web uh, as it's been you know sort of created in the last yeah. know, five to ten years. No, I, I agree with you, and I, I think the future is, and you guys are already kind of doing this, is basically at, at some point the user really doesn't care what OS they're running, or at least I think in the future people, the average person won't care. They just literally want to run the apps that they need and like let somebody in the cloud sort out what needs to run in the background to run their applications, whether it's Photoshop or a 3D thing or gaming or some third party, you know, thing they need for some research or whatever. They don't really care. They just want like it to work on their computer, right? And the fact that you exactly. guys are building something that works literally on any computer with an internet connection and a browser, it doesn't really matter, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that you know the, the promise that I think you're getting at, which we talk about a lot here at Paperspace, is you know that that is the vision. I mean, I think everyone kind of has this shared dream of what computers should be, which are you know, kind of effortless devices that, that do the thing that you want them to do, regardless of how complex or processing intensive or you know, whatever it is. And the moment you have to go buy a new hard drive or upgrade your RAM in your computer, it's just, uh, or upgrade a whole machine because a lot of machines now, especially laptops, you can't change anything about them. Um, it's still an annoying, it seems like a very old experience. You know, it seems like something we shouldn't have to do anymore. Uh, so, and, and the web, by, by contrast, you know, you have applications that are constantly updating and, and are um, evolving and, and you know, getting more complex. So, you know, you have these two ends of the spectrum that are, especially in the enterprise space where you do a lot of our work, uh, they haven't really, they haven't been reconciled yet. And we see that, you know, we see our, the, the current version of the software is doing exactly that, which is bringing, you know, a, a lot of enterprise companies, especially big ones, they use virtual desktops, not really even for the performance, um, although we do, you know, we, we, our, our specialty is high performance. Um, they, they need it just because once you begin to manage, say, 10,000 computers, you don't want to, you know, just from a, a purely administrative perspective, you don't want to go around as, as an IT person and, you know, provision all of those machines under desk. So most big companies, uh, as in 100% of the Fortune 500, use virtual desktops in some capacity. Totally. It, it has to do a lot with security, um, uh, you know, reliability, uh, I mean, security is actually probably the biggest one in financial services because 
you know, a virtual desktop, unlike a, a laptop, you can't lose it because it lives in, you know, sure. lives in a server. So if, if someone loses their Lenovo or, or whatever laptop they have for their iPad, you can just cut it off at the source and you don't have to worry about, you know, data leaking out. Sure. So, uh, you know, th so there's these two worlds and, and, and I think that no, no one has figured out exactly what, what you know, the, the, a normal computer looks like for a regular person at a, at a company 10 years from now. But I think what we're, you know, kind of getting at or hinting at um, is, is that future. No, I, I totally agree with you. So you guys have kind of a unique um, pricing model. Do you maybe want to kind of cover how that works? Yeah, definitely. So we have, uh, I mean, there's kind of two big, uh, uh, or there's two types of billing that we do. One is a more traditional kind of cloud service style where you can fire up a machine for uh, you know, per hour, basically. Although actually we, we, we bill um, per rated to the minute. Okay. Um, but you can fire it up for really whatever you need. And, and we have people that need to do, uh, we, you know, things like render farms, which are, um, they're used in a lot of the design visualization space where they need to fire up a lot of computers really quickly. Sure. And then they don't need them after the, the job is done. So we do have an hourly pricing model, which means that you're just paying for what you use, um, which is, you know, really awesome for companies that don't want to have to buy you know, a bunch of computers that, are, that will sit idle most of the time. Sure. Um, the cool thing about, you know, the virtual desktop model is that when, when you're not using your paper space computer and you turn it off and someone else can, you know, kind of tap into that capacity. So it's a, um, it's a very efficient model. Uh, so we do have that the hourly one. And then we also have a more traditional, um, you know, kind of desktop replacement, which is a monthly pricing model. You pay for the full month. The machine is on the entire time. And you, you know, anywhere you go, you log in and it just pops up right where you left off. So um, both, we, we do both of those. And actually, you know, we have um, kind of in-between things as well where, we, where some people will, will switch back and forth depending on their use cases, or maybe have two computers, one, one that they run hourly, and then one which is their kind of primary one. Um, yeah, so those are the two ones. And then in terms of the, the kind of specs of the machine, we, we uh, currently have three different models, um, which you can upgrade and downgrade between, but there's a kind of very lightweight version, which is good for just having access to, um, uh, if you're a law firm and you want to have a virtual, or if you want to have a VPN access to your, to your office and be able to access it from any web browser, it's a, it's a great fit. It's called the, the Air Machine. Um, uh, and then on the high end, we also have machines with uh, pretty much as much capacity as you would need, uh, which is up to, up to 32 cores of computing power on just a single box, and then as many of those as you want to string together, um, and as much RAM as you really need. So. And anywhere in the gamut there, we or you know, across the gamut, we have a lot of options and for very different use cases. And one thing that we're doing now um, is, is basically seeing where a lot of that demand is and seeing if um, it makes sense to, to you know, add an even higher level capacity for the really, really boutique high-end um, use cases. Sure. And, and then how is your kind of team plan um, similar and different from what you just described? Yeah, so we also have a, uh, a second option called Paper Safe for Teams, which um, we actually have a, a big announcement coming soon about that, um, which are a lot of tools that enterprise need. Like I mentioned, a lot of big companies, sure. they, they do use virtual desktops, and this is a uh, software-as-a-service version of a virtual desktop, which means that um, you don't have to be a Fortune you know, 500 company to use it, although you certainly can. Um, you can be a company that is 500 people that really need the virtual desktop solution and you don't want to buy hardware, you can just come to our website. And we do have um, what we call paper space for teams, which is our 
it, it includes things like um, Active Directory integration, which a lot of companies use. It's, it's sort of their identity management system in a lot of corporate environments. Um, VPN integration. So a lot of companies have, you know, even the small ones, have a, a really hard time integrating with a, a VPN. So that's just like, hey, I want to be at home and access all of my files in the office. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we have a really painless integration with, with um, most VPNs. Um, and then also things like user management, snapshots, templates, um, uh, alerting for when things look, you know, maybe there's suspicious activity or you want to uh, terminate an account, things like that. More, more uh, tools that are designed for an IT administrator to actually onboard an entire virtual desktop uh, environment. Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. So I, I know like you probably don't want to give away too much stuff, but, and we've kind of covered this throughout the show a little bit, but is there anything else that you kind of want to mention where you see kind of paper space going either by the end of the year or within the next year or two? Yeah. So uh, we, we do have a couple of big announcements coming up that I will just allude to, but sure. uh, basically um, we, you know, we've been doing uh, one of our core competencies as a company has always been around um, a technology called the GPU or okay. the graphic pro graphics processing unit. So all paper space machines have a powerful GPU inside of them. Um, so we are doing a lot of work around uh, giving people access to more and more powerful GPUs. And uh, the, the use cases for that are, uh, well, there's there really a lot, and, and we're getting a lot of interest from everyone from the kind of machine learning, which is where they use, uh, they, they do very uh, complicated statistical modeling, and they need a lot of uh, processing power to uh, you know, kind of big data analytics and things like that. So we're, you know, we're, right now we offer a, um, a really kind of painless virtual desktop but we are adding a lot of functionality to make it easy to fire up lots of those machines, tie them together, um, and really squeeze out a, a lot of performance. So, um, we, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where it's going. I, like I mentioned, Linux is, is the next big thing that we will sure. be um, you know, kind of releasing once it, it's battle tested. And, and uh, I think that will open up a, a lot of use cases that, you know, that are not fully served by uh, Windows virtual desktops right now, so we'll see. I mean, you know, uh, it, it'll be it'll be an interesting uh, uh, next few months, but it, it has to do with basically opening up more and more of the power that we have developed to run paper space, kind of the core product, and getting you know people access to a lot of tools and uh, 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 features to really take advantage of that power. Sure, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm I'm kind of curious to to cover maybe a little bit of. Uh, how do you, like, you guys have it right on your homepage about kind of being safe and secure, but just for the listener, how are you guys kind of handling um, security? Yeah, totally. So security is, is you know, we think of that as, as um, you know, actually the most important thing, even sure. beyond performance, because it doesn't matter how performance it is, if, or, you know, performative, if the security is not there. So um, we... You know, there are a lot of practices that you do if you're a data center provider or you provide these types of services in the cloud. Um, and they range from uh, actually physical security, so how you lock down your machines at the data center. And, and uh, you know, there, there are a million things that you have to do, but the, the core of it is it's much more secure to have a computer running in a data center, which is behind many, many levels of, of physical security than, than, you know, your computer sitting on your, you know, uh, laptop or at Starbucks or in your house mm -hmm. or wherever. Sure. Um, and, and then from the actual virtual machine to the client, which is you connecting to it, um, there's a, a lot that we do with encryption to make sure that 
effectively, we don't, you know, we we don't know what's going on in the machine. Like I, I kind of alluded to earlier, there are many people using paper states, and I and I, I don't know, and I don't want to know, you know, like what they're doing because the, we see this as it's as if Dell were to ship you a computer and say, hey, here it is, uh, do do whatever you want. Um, so we're, you know, we we are working very hard to be an absolute zero knowledge uh, kind of platform where we don't know uh, anything about the internals of the VM. It's okay. an interesting. Technical problem because a lot of what we also do is we, we want to make sure that the machines are running at all times and you know we it, it's a uh, we, we've had to develop some really interesting kind of technical solutions to we have no idea what's going on in your in your machine but we guarantee that it's, that it's running really well which is kind of a you know <laughs> that's it, tricky it's kind of hard to yeah so we we we've bumped into every one of those types of problems but you know we're a, a team of hardcore developers um, based here in New York City uh, that really geek out on these types of problems and. Uh, you know, security is the is the absolute most important part about paper space, and that's really where we um, have and continue to develop or, or devote an enormous amount of resources. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess, like, how are you – how do you guys kind of handle – like, and I get without getting a little bit too technical, but, like, is it up to me, I guess, as the user of paper space to worry about um, kind of viruses and – kind of, uh, you know, any of the adware kind of stuff or, or how do you guys kind of handle that? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. Um, they, it, it, it is basically just like buying a new computer yourself in the okay. sense that whatever's happening internally, you, you know, you have to, um, kind of follow security best practices. Uh, you know, if you install an antivirus piece of software or an anti-malware, then, then that's on you. But one of the nice benefits is that we do run paper spaces really, um, it's locked down in more ways than a traditional computer is even locked down. Meaning, uh, it, it, you can't get to it through any way except for you can't even get to the to the virtual machine without going through uh, a secondary authentication process, um, an authorization process, which is going through our uh, the web interface through the through the application, um, the the API. Uh, but what, but effectively, what that means is that um, a lot of things that normally computers might be susceptible to are are non-issues because it's you're behind a very powerful proxy and a very private network um, that's totally devoted to you and only you can have access to it. So, you know, it, we, we do recommend best practices like, hey, you know, if you're don't open up emails, that you know, it, it is still possible to download a virus and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, but we do everything we can, you know, if at all possible from the outside to get rid of any of that stuff. Got you. Okay. And then. And then I guess it's just like any other machine. Like it's, I'm expected to back up my own data, whether it's through um, Dropbox or Google Drive or, or whatever. Yeah. So one thing we do, uh, we actually do have a, uh, we offer um, a thing called templates and snapshots, so that you can actually through our interface click a button and it'll take a backup uh, right. of the machine. Um, but we still, you know, as best practice, you know, it's always good to have sure. your Dropbox and Google Drive and everything else there. But really, um, you know. We, we are redundant. We are backed up at our data center, and we feel very you know, safe with with the with data that's put on the paper space. Got you. Okay. No, that that's great. Well, we're we're kind of coming to the end of the show. How about we kind of close the show with maybe giving a quick recap again of what exactly paper space is, and then where Absolutely. people can find you guys online. Yeah. So, uh, uh, paper space is a uh, full desktop computer that lives in the cloud uh, and you can access it through any web browser. Uh, it's super fast so you can do things like 
gaming or anything else you might do with a uh, regular computer, um, you can find us at paperspace.com. We also uh, do have tools for teams as well as individuals. So if you are a company that may use virtual desktops or be interested in how this technology can solve problems that you, know, you guys might have, uh, we have a lot of tools that make it very easy to get started and move your aging computer infrastructure into the cloud. Perfect. Well, Dylan, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to be on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and I look forward to keep using Paperspace. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have you guys on again, uh, maybe later in the year or early next year, to talk about kind of where you've kind of gone in the last six months. Absolutely. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Great, man. Well, uh, we'll talk soon, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Perfect. Take okay. care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.